A lot of you have wondered how we've built this business. You're big fans of StoryBrand. You've watched it grow. In the last five years, we went from about a quarter million to 13 million last year. This year, we'll go even further than that. And you're wondering, how did that happen? We've shared with you a lot of how we've done it, but we've never actually put it in one place. But if you go to marketingmadesimplesummit.com, we will actually reveal everything. All you have to do is pre-order JJ and I's book, Marketing Made Simple, and then forward your receipt. When you pre-order that book, forward your receipt to book at storybrand.com, and you are registered. At that point, we will do the rest. We will make sure you're there. You are registered for the Marketing Made Simple Summit, in which we actually explain in a few short videos a lot of what we did to build this business. If you're trying to build a business, it's going to be perfect for you. Just order the book, Marketing Made Simple on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, wherever you buy books. They're going to email you a receipt. Take that receipt and forward it to book at storybrand.com, and you will be registered for the Marketing Made Simple Summit. If you want to know how to build a great business, there are a few strategies you should know about. Forward your receipt to book at storybrand.com. Book at storybrand.com. Go get Marketing Made Simple, the book, today. Welcome to the Building a Story Brand podcast, where we believe if you confuse, you'll lose. Noise is the enemy, and creating a clear message is the best way to grow your business. I'm your host, Donald Miller. I'm joined by my co-host, Dr. J.J. Peterson. Hi, J.J. Hello, Don. J.J., today we're talking about coaching. Yes, we are. Now, I know without having to ask that you were once a coach, and the reason is because there's not a a single profession under the sun (laughs) that you didn't do one summer. (laughs) Yes, I was a coach. I'm guessing you were a coach. I've been a coach multiple times, yes. (laughs) Like a a sports coach Mm -hmm. or a gymnastics coach, a cheerleading coach, a rodeo clown coach. When you say sports, yes. I would say I've done a few of the sports. But, what sport did you coach? Um, I've coached soccer. I've coached- At the MLS level? Nope, at little kids. Oh, got like it. nephews and nieces. <laughs> yes. And then I I did coach baseball for little kids one time, my brother's <laughs> team. Where, so I was coaching and it was a league where you had to pitch to the kids, right? Yeah. Like it wasn't a batting machine or off of a tee. It was like right after tee where the tee ball, yeah. where the coach pitches. And in the first two innings- I hit three kids. (laughs) (laughs) Which is actually hard to do because they're small. They're tiny. It's just really hard to beat those kids. I know, and I nailed three of them. And the parents, like, and then, like, I struck a few kids out, and the parents were so angry. They were yelling. Those kids can't hit a curveball. I know. It was really ridiculous. Well, I kept, like, I was trying underhand. I mean, I did everything. And after the second inning, the parents were yelling so loud that I, They pulled the pitcher. Yep, they pulled the pitcher. And they, they brought in. A dad and he pitched. They loved me as a coach, but not as a pitcher. JJ, I have a question for you. Okay, go. It is a deep question. <laughs> I have zero doubts. JJ, what is the difference between a coach mm. and a cheerleader? <sighs> well, I do the second one better. <laughs> I think I I'm a better, that. I'm a much better cheerleader. You never hit anybody with a pom pom? Yeah. No, I never hit anybody with a pom pom. You know, taco, burrito, what's coming out of that speed? You know that? Do you remember that SNL? <laughs> no, I don't remember. You don't remember? That. I didn't make that up. That's an SNL Will Ferrell skit. Um, and I did that skit well. Um, difference between a coach and a cheerleader. I would say a cheerleader is all about just encouragement and, yeah, yeah. and you know, giving you some energy and hype. Mm. And a coach actually gives you like real tangible tools and steps to be able to move forward and get better. Ding, ding, ding. You answered the question Did correctly. I? And here's why I bring it up. Maybe because I am a good a coach. a number of times in my life, I've had some great coaches, great mentors. Yeah. But a number of times I went to actually hire a coach mm-hmm. and a month or two into the relationship, talking about a business coach. Yeah. 
I realized I have not hired a coach. I've hired a cheerleader. Yes. <laughs> and I mean yeah. that. They were encouragers. They were inspirational. They helped me set goals. They would try to keep me accountable to reach those goals. Yeah. They didn't know how to run a business and they weren't able to show me anything tangible yeah. that I could use to actually increase my uh, worth as a professional yeah. or grow my actual company. They just didn't know. They were just people who loved people. They loved getting coffee. They loved being encouraging. They loved being a friend. I think that's great. Yeah, what I there's needed, a place for that. That's right. I needed a coach. Yeah. And I really didn't get much of a coach until a guy came into my life named Doug Kime. Mm-hmm. And Doug Kime, I got to know Doug through a mutual friend maybe three years ago, maybe a little more than that. And uh, Doug actually had turned around a number of multi-billion dollar corporations, sort yeah. of underperforming divisions of corporations he would go in. And so we always hit it off and we'd talk and he'd ask me what's going on in my company and he would kind of talk about different frameworks of things that I could instill and, you know, was very encouraging. And Doug's a guy that once the thing is kind of turned around, he looks for his next mission yeah. and he, he's always excited. And I always said to Doug, I want StoryBrand to be that mission someday. Yeah. And he actually finished up his job at a big company and I called him and said, I think StoryBrand is next. He said, I think you, you've <laughs> swallowed something and you need to go to the hospital. And uh, I just kept bothering him yes. about it. And, you know, I was up against his, the next company wanted him. It was this just enormous offer. I mean, just yeah. an, it involved yeah, yeah, yeah. a private jet. That's yeah. what the offer involved. Yeah. Mine involved a 1978 Volkswagen thing. And time with that us. That doesn't really time with run. You and, and time with And I left the time basis. with us out of it because oh, really? I didn't want to taint the deal and have okay. him scared. But I, I basically, you know... He was like, Todd, I'm honored. You know, I've got one more gig in me. And he actually told me I couldn't sleep. This was months. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm fast forwarding. I couldn't sleep for like three straight nights. I think I'm going to come join you guys yeah. and see if, because the reality is he'd never really worked for kind of a, a startup company becoming a growth company. It was always yeah. multi-billion dollar, you know, often publicly traded kind of deals. Yeah. And we were just different. What we found though, and Doug came on, he is now yep. president yes, of StoryBrand and Business Made Simple. And he has basically acted as a coach to almost everybody on staff. Yeah. And there's a lot we knew, but there was an enormous amount we didn't know and we weren't doing right. Yeah. And he brought in these frameworks and all this sort of thing. So much so that Doug's going to be our guest on the podcast today. Yeah. We're going to go through nine areas in which he is sort of revolutionizing this company. And the listeners are going to love it because these are probably the nine areas that you need to yes, revolutionize inside your own company. To. Yeah. You need to be coached. And we're going to introduce you to some of that stuff. He's also just a really good and fun friend. Looks just like Mr. Clean. Yeah. If you're trying <laughs> yeah. to imagine Doug, you want to imagine Mr. Mr. Clean. Clean. Yeah. yeah. Dead on. <laughs> yeah. And he also is a good cheerleader, but he is primarily a coach. Like, and I do think that that's a big yeah. thing. As you walk through these nine things, it's pretty amazing to see, oh, it's not just like, hey, you can do it. It's actually, here's some tangible, real things that you can apply now and get better and move forward. That's right. You know, JJ, if you were on a basketball team, let's say you made the basketball team over here at Vanderbilt. I'm looking out the window at Vanderbilt University. And you show up and the coach says, all right, you guys, you made the team. Congratulations. Listen, here is our plan this year, this season. We're going to score more points than the other team. All right, mm-hmm. and I'm going to keep you accountable. If you don't do that, we're going to sit down. I'm not going to hide the facts. You didn't do it. Yeah. 
And if you do it, I'm going to celebrate you. We're going to get corn dogs. Everybody yeah. gets to go you know, ice cream and whatever. And then the whole rest of the time, he's just cheering you on on the sideline. Yeah. <laughs> Score more points. That's all you got to do. Are, there are probably there's 90,000 listeners to this podcast. Yeah. 45,000 of them. I just described your last business coach. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I'm telling you, you need a coach, not yeah. just a cheerleader. Yep. And what should your coach be teaching you? What should you be learning? Let's set the bar yeah. for what a business coach needs to do. That's the idea of this podcast. Yep. All right. So here's my conversation with our president, Doug Kime. Doug Kime, you are long overdue on this podcast. Well, I can't tell you how excited I am to be on today, Don. This is fabulous. I want to invite all of our listeners into some of the things that you and I have talked about, discussed, figured out. And to let the cat out of the bag, we are formalizing the process that you are taking the company through, and we are going to launch a sort of coaching certification in the fall. But I want to let people know, if you have a coach, a business coach, this is what they should be teaching you. They shouldn't just be saying, what are your goals, and how are you wired, and where are you on the disk test? That stuff is really great, but it didn't help me enough. Now, I'll tell you, early on in my career... I just think I was kind of irritatingly optimistic. So I was kind of a joy fairy walking around in the company, kind of pregnant with optimism all the time. But there wasn't a lot of substance behind that. And it took some great mentors and some failures and some successes to kind of teach me the power of these frameworks and mental models. And I think that's why I was so drawn to StoryBrand because it is- It's a framework. It is a fabulous framework. It's not just a framework. I mean, and it is game changing for those that apply it. And you know, I was really drawn to that. And then you and I kind of got bolted together and started talking about this on a broader level and how you know, successful companies seem to do some things that are very, very specific and really talented leaders in small, medium, large companies seem to concentrate on a few things that, that really make a difference. It's not rocket science. And here's what the other thing that you and I have spent a lot of time talking about. We have a number of universities coming to us saying, we'd love to be able to teach your framework in our university and, and these kinds of things. And the reality is we spend a bunch of money. You go 200000 quarter million dollars into debt to get out of college. And you enter into the workforce as a professional, especially a knowledge worker. And you read a white paper on trade with China, and you studied some Volkswagen campaign in your marketing class, but you don't know how to clarify a message. You can't build a sales funnel. You don't know how to run a meeting. You don't know how to hire somebody. You don't know the right way to fire them. You don't know how to negotiate a salary. You can't stand up and give a speech. These are the basic building blocks. These are the basic skill sets you need to succeed. They are not hard to learn. But we are not teaching them very much in our universities. And I'm a big fan of the university system. Don't mm -hmm. get me wrong. I think when you think about doctors, you know, you think about lawyers, all sorts of professions, you know, nursing schools, we need the university system. It is difficult to teach a 17-slash-18-year-old what they don't realize they need to know for another 10 years. And so a lot of us are finding ourselves well into our professional career, and we're still winging it. Yeah, well, that was me. I mean, I went through the New Jersey public school system. I went and got a college degree. I got a master's degree, and it qualified me to do almost nothing in terms of adding tangible value. I had to go to the school of hard knocks and learn the hard way, and my company had to invest additional dollars and time 
in training me, which you seems went crazy. To Duke for a week. Where else did yeah, you go? I went to Duke. I went to INSEAD, which is in Fountain Blue, France. Yeah, your employers paying twenty one thousand dollars to send you away. Send me to executive speech training. Send me to finance class. Send me to become a leader as a change agent. Paid thousands of dollars for this additional development because I really wasn't purpose built to come in and create tangible value and. Really, all it was done, and we know this for anybody who owns a business or you're part of a high-performing team or a great company, it's all about growth. Yeah, I did not have a growth mindset. You didn't know how to grow a company or even that you were really supposed to. No, no. Which is astounding. I didn't see myself- That's like a doctor not knowing they're supposed to help people get well. I was pretty lost. I felt like I was pretty smart. But I was a poser and pretender. Well, you figured it out. And if there's a controlling idea to this episode of the podcast, it's what should your coach be teaching you? Mm -hmm. And in the course of this podcast, 45 minutes to an hour, you're actually going to learn a lot. And you're going to learn a lot in the categories that Doug and I have sat down as we've now we've taken you know our company from quarter million to 13 million in about five years. That's an astounding accomplishment. We have plans to go from 13 to probably 40 in the next four to five years. I think that's going to happen. And a lot of people who analyze our company say that's a fairly conservative estimate. And we're going to do that by fixing, and I'm going to be coached by Doug through a lot of stuff that he's figured out. But it starts with mission, your mission statement, personal productivity, clarifying your message, understanding marketing and having a marketing plan, becoming a great communicator, having a sales framework that creates sales, understanding business strategy how to keep a business afloat, don't let it sink, talent management, which we have been really in the thick of here, and it's actually been an amazing journey, and execution. There are a few more, but think about it. If you left college and you were sitting down in an interview and somebody said, listen, what tangible value do you bring? And you actually said, well, there are a few things that I'm good at. Let me explain to you. I can write a a mission statement and some guiding principles that really align a team and get everybody rowing at the same pace in the same direction. I'm incredibly productive in terms of my personal productivity system so that I get that if you're going to pay me $100,000 a year, I'm going to give you about a quarter million dollars in return because I'm that productive. I understand how to invite a customer into a story and clarify my message. I can build a sales funnel that sells products. I'm a really good communicator. I can stand up and give a speech and get shareholders really on board. I have a sales framework that I can keep a sales team accountable to create. I understand if we're going to launch some sort of business, I know the eight or nine things to look at to tell you whether or not that's going to work or not so that we don't waste money going into it. I can also manage talent, recruit the right people. I can onboard them and I can retain top talent and get rid of talent that's not working. And then I have an execution system that makes sure this well-oiled machine runs extremely well. You tell me. Yeah, The, in the a interview second. process is over at that point. <laughs> it, it is. is. Tell the story between you and your son. Yeah, the conversation so, that you so had my recently. son, Teddy, he's 19. And I told him to take his grade point average down from 3.8 to 3.0 and get on Business Made Simple University. <laughs> what did he say when he said? I, well, he yeah. said, Dad, I don't have a 3.8. So, uh, <laughs> so he's, he probably is hovering around a 3.5, a 3.6. So I said, yeah. well, take it immediately down to a 3.0. You have my permission. And He's a senior? He's a sophomore in college. A sophomore. Yeah. And so he's every week, he spends time on Business Made Simple University so that- Learning the things that we just talked about. All the things that we talk about, the no-fail basics of how to create value in a company, have a growth mindset, and go in knowing that you have to contribute to the growth of the company. Isn't that amazing that you're telling him, in the university that you're in, you're going to need that piece of paper. So let's keep going. 
I want you to get a lower GPA so that you can learn the things you are actually going to need. And you say this based on a guy who's hired thousands and thousands of people at multi-billion dollar companies, knowing exactly what you need as a boss. You're going to need that guy who understands these practical skills. Yeah, he'll compete with anybody. He'll go toe-to-toe by the time he graduates and starts interviewing. And he will be able to differentiate himself instantaneously with this kind of approach. There's no question about it. Because, right. you know, look, Don, you, you know... The average college graduate has done some really important things in terms of socialization and those type of things. But in terms of readiness, a growth mindset, understanding where they fit in the value chain, I don't know if we're going to. And even the ability to articulate that. No, they really struggle with that. A couple things that we're working on before we get started, because we are going to teach you some paradigm shifts and principles in each of these categories in this podcast itself. But we are creating an assessment, two assessments really. One is a personal assessment that you can actually sit down and take over a short period of time, and it will show you your personal liabilities as a professional, where you are not adding tangible value within your workplace. And then we have one for your business. So if you're the business owner or the CEO, you take a different assessment, and the assessment will show you everywhere that you are weak and where you need work. So even though we may, we're going to launch a coaching program where we certify coaches, the coach can actually, if they see you're weak in execution, we'll start there. And if they see that you're weak in your ability to communicate, we'll start there. And if your talent management is a problem, we'll start there. So it actually can be custom designed. It's just like what a doctor would do. You know, before he starts treating you, you he diagnoses where you are, what your level of fitness is. And that's what these two assessments are going to do. They're going to give you an inside look. You know, so we'll do a personal MRI to show you where you stand today in terms of the capabilities and skill sets that you have. And then to take a look at the company, an inside look at the company. You know, where are the fundamental flaws, the weaknesses? Where are the strengths? How can you trade on those? So it's going to give you an inside look, and you will know exactly what levers to pull and in what order. We've just needed, ultimately, business made simple for a very long time. Yeah. Instead of business needs a cheerleader, it's business actual yeah. Well, my education. mom would describe me as very simple. So, <laughs> <laughs> Well, let's actually start, because I want to go through some yep. of this. The very first thing that the coach wants to do in you, if you're being coached, they're going to start with your goals and what do you want your marriage to look like and your life plan and those kinds of things. I don't mind that at all. That's really good. But you actually start before that. You want to install a growth mindset. What's the difference between a growth mindset and a stagnant mindset? Well, it's really starts with being a lifetime student. Mm-hmm. And so if you're an individual who's a lifetime student, you're always learning and always growing, you can bring that to your company. And there are certain companies, when you walk into it, you can just feel it. The expectation is that you're going to grow personally and professionally, and that as a team of leaders, as a team of professionals, no matter what level you are in that organization, that company has growth in their DNA. You know, I just I interviewed Ben Weprin, who runs Graduate Hotels Mm -hmm. in Chicago, and was just with his team. Our team is like this, and I noticed that his team is like this. There are very few other businesses that I've ever encountered, three or four, that are like this. When you actually walk in, you just say, oh, these people expect to win, and everybody is here to win the Super Bowl. That's the goal. It's not just to make a paycheck or to have really great work-life balance. Or I mean, we want all that stuff. That's a part of long-term sustainable winning. But there is an expectation we are going to win. There's some inertia that has to be overcome in a culture in order to get there. And that's really what you're talking about, overcoming that sort of sedentary feeling of just coasting. I see it a lot. You know, I spent the last 20 years, you know, primarily turning around underperforming businesses 
and it's businesses who are on their back foot. Right. And to get them on their front foot, you have to install a growth mindset. And it was funny, you know, one of the reasons that you and I connected is I think we both have that right. in our personalities and, you know, kind of personally and professionally. And when I started to get to know, you know, your company better, I'm like, I couldn't wait to be a part of it. Yeah. Because you know, that is in the DNA of every person that works here. Well, in order to install that growth mindset, you have to go through some of these categories and overhaul the different parts of the machine. And the first one we'll start with is mission statement and guiding principles. You know, we're not going to get into the framework. If you want to go to Business Made Simple University, I've got a framework I can teach you there. But in general, what's the most important thing that your mission statement is supposed to do? You know, Don, I think it's amazing how many people come to work every day and don't have a clear view of success. And that's what your mission should do should give you a very, very clear view of what success looks like and feels like. Yeah. It shouldn't be that complicated. We should know what winning is. Oh, big time. Big time. And what direction we're supposed to go. And so if you can't say to your team, if you get everybody on your team together for the next staff meeting, you say, guys, what does success look like? If we succeed in our mission, what does life look like? And if we have a bunch of people staring at their toes, we got a problem. And that's the first problem we probably need to fix. Okay, in terms of... Personal productivity. Everybody on our team should be productive. They should have a, I think, a productivity framework, plan, and routine that increases the efficiency. You know, I spend a lot of time bicycling. I'm not a, a gearhead, they call them. You know, I mean, I rode my bike across America, but I, didn't, I never became a gearhead. But you actually talk to some of these gearheads down here who design bikes. Tom Ritchie is a friend who designs bicycles. It's all about efficiency. Where does the need need to peak in order to increase? How stiff should the steel be so that the bike isn't bending if you start cranking it because that decreases efficiency? And then all that energy then is transferred into the tires that propel you forward rather than wasted, which makes you exhausted and you only gone half as far. There should be a system of productivity inside that you run personally and your organization run that increases efficiency, not just because you want everybody to be crazy and exhausted because they got so much work done, for the exact opposite reason, so that we are not wasting time and energy. Give us one of the principles that we have to understand in order to be productive. Yeah, so Don, you know that we've made this shift in the company that every single team member in StoryBrand has a one-pager, and basically what that one-pager has are the five critical priorities in their department, and then five personal priorities. And it's amazing how much that decreases inefficiencies. Wasted effort on things that are not priorities. 100%. And really, this is a prioritization exercise. Many people are not productive because they haven't prioritized properly. They haven't decided what are the highest return opportunities that they have and get focused on them. And then keep your focus and intensity up by looking at that. We have a quick speed check every week. We talk about those things that for about is, 10 or 15 minutes. Every employee every, meets with a yep. the superior every week, standing for 15 minutes, and we call it a speed check. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Exactly. And that makes sure that our priorities are being met. All right, number three. This is what we're known for, because yeah. I, you know, I wrote a book called Building Story Brands. We're known for helping you clarify your message. Interestingly enough, the thing that is our, our ace card, the thing that we're known for, is actually third in the list of things that we need to take care of in order to make this a growth company and still a growth mindset, but it's clarifying your message. You've loved this framework. What's the big thing for you, yeah, the big takeaway? You, you know, the center of gravity 
you know, here is really positioning the customer as the hero of the story. And right. I think anybody that's listened that's the to the podcast- That's big mistake that people make. Yeah, I mean- They it, don't it, do that. You know, there is something in us. There's a gravitational pull to want to be the hero of the story. Mm-hmm. It's just in all of us. We think and we're supposed to. We're not. We're a lot happier when we're the guide. So we try to eat, drink, and sleep this here. Yeah. You know, where we position our, our customers as the hero of the story, and we try to be the guide. A hundred percent of the time. And when we do that, I think we're very successful and we feel that too. Yeah, it's worked for us, obviously. All right. After we clarify our message, we play the guide in the story and not the hero. We want to get to our marketing and marketing is actually what you do with that clear message. A clear message is just words. Where do you put those words? How do you release them? What's the methodology that you use to actually get those words out there to create sales? And you talk about some really important points when it comes to developing a marketing plan. Yeah. You know, I think you said it, Don. You know, you'd be shocked at how many large companies, multi-billion, multinational companies, don't really have a written marketing strategy that would make sense to the average person on the street. Yeah. You know, it it's amazing. And, you know, once you get a plan dialed in that's simple, straightforward, you start to become consciously competent, you know, yeah. versus leading with creativity. You know, there's so much marketing and, and, you know, we, part of the company is built on this, that marketing dollars are just flushed. They're mm-hmm. spent rather than invested. So, you know, if you see your marketing plan as an investment strategy versus spending on getting awareness created or- Or trial spend, and error. Yeah. Just let's just it, it, throw something out there and see if it works. You know, there's so let's, much You know, that. I hear people say all the time, we should try Facebook ads. Anybody who says to me, we should try Facebook ads, I know they don't have a marketing plan. That's right. You should absolutely try Facebook ads. But if you're saying we should, no, we will on February 13th, because it's hit this point in our plan, try this, and marketing plans are out there. JJ and I wrote a book called Marketing Made Simple. We've covered this. And you need to go get that book and become a good marketer. But the idea there is have a plan. All right. Then this is kind of new, but we've actually had a major multi-billion dollar company come to us and say, Will you please help us figure this out? And we realized, oh my gosh, there's a need for this. And that is number five, to be a great communicator. Mm -hmm. So we see, again, leaders that have to do keynotes, they write emails, they do internal videos. And again, just on the internal communications, you know, a lot of times they try to do creative communications versus win with clarity. And we think clarity kicks right creativity's tail all day i love that long, quote right? clarity kicks creativity's tail all day right and you know why know i think you know i just bought this stereo equipment and the guy installing it betsy and i bought a house and they had they put the stereo wire in the house and then the guy brought my equipment over and he said i'm gonna rip this out this stereo wire should be three or four times this size and he ran mm-hmm. new stereo wire like 20 feet to where the speaker was going to be and the reality is so much of the sound and the bandwidth is lost in that thin wire. And I think if we are not great communicators, you can want the sales team to do this, and you can want a, the warehouse to do this. But if you've got bad communication skills, you're speaking through frail and thin wire, and the point is not coming across. And that's costing some companies hundreds of millions of dollars. We have to be great communicators. Yeah, well, and it's funny. You know, Probably the first 10, 12 years of my career after I got out of school I would sit in presentations in the corporations where I worked, and if I was confused, I used to think they were brilliant. I'm just not smart enough to understand what they're talking about. Then the light went on, and I was like, I think they just are terrible at speaking. They're terrible (laughs) at presenting, right? Horrible. And so I started to really work on this, you know, where I, 
I would simplify and clarify. That's why I think, you know, the whole story brand framework, you know, just to me intuitively, it was like, yeah, this puts into words, you know, the kind of communicator that I want to be. I think it was uh, Einstein who said, anybody who can't explain something simply doesn't understand it. No. I thought that was a great quote. No, and we see that, you know, like a leader like Steve Jobs, yeah. you know, he would never get up and talk about, you know, storage capacity. He would talk about the fact that you had over 2,000 songs in your pocket. Right, right. <laughs> and you didn't have to listen to commercials anymore. I mean, really simple, clear messages. A great communicator, I think, understands how they're being received. Not just what they're saying. They understand what people are actually hearing. Mm-hmm. And so that's a pillar that we're working on here at Business Made Simple and Storybrand. I'll be right back with the rest of my conversation with Doug Keim in just a moment. Listen, a lot of us paid a lot of money for college. You know, really, universities are almost $50,000 a year now. Baylor University is $50,000. If you go to the University of Chicago, I think it's like $70,000. Some universities are upwards of $90,000 a year. And if you are a business professional, you might not even learn for that money how to manage a meeting, how to implement an execution system, how to create a marketing sales funnel, how to clarify your message, how to write mission statement and guiding principles that actually align a team. Those are the basic block and tackle of business. That's what you need to know. Instead, you read a white paper about trade with China and you studied a Volkswagen advertisement from 1975. Not very useful. Well, a lot of people right now are actually subscribing to Business Made Simple University. It's at businessmadesimpleuniversity.com. It's a creation of the StoryBrand family, and the courses are getting rave reviews. Matt Brown actually took our messaging course. Listen to what he said. He said, I just finished watching the Business Made Simple messaging course, and I couldn't be more happy. It's funny. I learned more about marketing and how to get my message across in this short course than I did with a four-year marketing degree and an MBA. I'm starting a second company right now, and I'm going to be able to implement all that BMSU teaches from the ground up. You guys are doing awesome work. I'll be recommending this to everyone in business I know. Congrats, Matt Brown. And Matt Brown is not alone. Literally thousands, about 10,000 people are taking the BMSU courses right now, and they are experiencing the same kinds of success. If you didn't learn the practical strategies that you needed to learn in college in order to be an extremely valuable professional and grow a company, we are teaching them for pennies on the dollar. Just go to businessmadesimple.com. That's businessmadesimple.com. Number six is sales. And I'm guilty of this, Doug. This is where you've coached me straight on this one. You hire a sales team. We saw really great results, dynamic people, super energized, super charged, super motivated, fun to be around. No framework. Mm. No framework. I didn't hand them tools to say, hey, let's actually use this framework to manage our sales processes. And you've come in. Well, our sales director, Kyle Willis, has just really done an incredible job implementing some systems that have made a huge difference. Yeah. And I think, you know, what, you know, if you were going to kind of underline the sentence that, that Kyle's leading with right now, it's stop selling and start telling, right? And it's telling a story mm-hmm. where our customer, again, is the hero, Yeah, right? There isn't a company out there that doesn't articulate the fact that their clients 
are the most important thing that they have and they want to be customer centric. You hear all that kind of language and verbiage all the time out there. Very few activate against that. Yeah. You know, and I think what we're starting to do is, you know, do a lot better job of using a sales plan, a sales process, being very, very intentional about how we're engaging our customers, our potential customers, our targets, and inviting them into a narrative yeah. where they are the hero of that story. Yeah. We say all the time in our marketing workshop, and it definitely is true on our sales team and the sales curriculum that we are developing, that marketing and sales is an exercise in memorization. And what we mean by that is if you can actually repeat the same talking points over and over to customers until they have it memorized, they will do business with you and nobody else because everybody else feels like moving into a fog and it feels very clear what you offer. So even in our sales framework, our sales framework is all about inviting the customer into an extremely clear story where they don't have any questions about what you offer, how it will make their life better, and what they need to do to actually buy it. Number seven is actually super exciting. You and I have spent a ton of time on this. We're going to film a course on this in a couple of months, but it's business strategy. And it sounds very Harvardish and white paperish and little too intellectual. That's not what we're actually talking about. We're talking about a simple framework that you can actually look at and know whether or not the idea that we're thinking about launching is good or bad. And if there's something wrong with a division of your company, the same framework will show you what is wrong with it. And we just call it strategy made simple or business strategy made simple. But what is the essence of that? You know, in a nutshell, Don, I think what we're going to share with everybody is the power of taking the brutal facts and marrying those with your gut instinct, intuition, and experience. I mean, I think that's really what it's all about, where, you know, most people, most leaders weigh on one side or the other. They either are so driven by a fact base and a database that they lack imagination and creativity, or they're such a dreamer and a visionary that they ignore the facts. And I think we're going to be able to show them a mental model, a framework that very, very quickly- kind of removes efficient. the emotion from it, doesn't it? Uh, yeah. Or it really will harness it in yeah. a lot better way. Yeah. Like, I want you to be excited about our strategy. I don't want you to be emotionless about it, but I just don't want you to be just emotional either. Yeah. I want you to be there intellectually be engaged- <laughs> Yeah. You know, and no, we have pressure tested this in the right way. And then we unlock the imagination of our company and our customers. And, you know, you and I had lunch with a huge client last week. And, you know, we started to brainstorm, you know, a solution that's going to be breakthrough for many, many of our customers. You yeah. know, that, but that's married to it to a fact base too. You know, yeah. so both of those are equally important. So I can't wait for us to film that course and just share a very simple, straightforward way to think about strategy. And all that is, is how do you win? Yeah. How do you win? The analogy that we're using on that is an airplane. And we're basically going to show how different parts of the business work like an airplane. And if that airplane isn't put together right, it's going to crash. You will have these different parts of your business to look at and make sure they're strong and they're proportioned correctly. All right. Number eight is talent management. You have 100% brought this into this organization. You are absolutely convinced, and you've convinced me, running a company is 99.9%, .9%, if you will, talent management. Right people in the right seats with the right motivations and the right clear objectives. I would think that most of us listening to this who run companies, we don't think of ourselves as talent managers. Mm -hmm. You know, if you're a coach and you're coaching a basketball team, what are you? You're a talent manager. That's what you are. 
And it was a major wake-up call for me, a huge paradigm shift. What's important in terms of managing well, talent? I, th- I think this is that journey from being a cheerleader to a real coach, right? Yeah. And the best coaches that all of us have had are very, very demanding partners, mm-hmm. right? But they have our deepest respect. You know, one of my most important mentors, Steve Klinger, who I work for two different times, he basically took me through rehabilitation on talent management. Hmm. You know, my single biggest goal as a leader was I wanted to be liked. <laughs> and and that is a recipe for disaster. And yeah. it's a recipe for disrespect, actually. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I've heard don't try to be liked, try to be trusted. Yeah. You it's know, different. Look, you don't have to be a mean, you know, kind of animal, corporate animal to be successful out there. You don't. Most really good leaders are really fine people, but they're also super, super clear about expectations and also you know, the question that I would ask any business owner or leader today is, what is your process around recruiting, interviewing, onboarding, and retaining? 95% cannot answer that question cleanly. You know, so one of the things that we're going to be sharing is we populate Business Made Simple University with rich content that helps you grow your business, again, install a growth mindset, are some really simple tools to help you in that area to be able to answer that question confidently. Yeah. Here's exactly what we do with our single greatest investment, our single greatest asset. All right. And finally, execution. And we've spent a lot of time on this too. You need an execution system. We can't just say, you guys, we're going to try to do this and get it done in the next six months. There has to be a routine of meetings, objectives being clarified, ways to set goals and ways to execute those goals. And if you haven't instilled something like Lean Manufacturing or Six Sigma, you're going to love Execution Made Simple. We tried the Rockefeller plan. We tried four disciplines of execution. We tried a bunch of stuff at this company. All of them helped. There's no question they all helped. They were just a little too complicated. And because they were complicated, we never fully instilled them exactly right, and then we wouldn't use them. We'd fall apart, and pretty soon everybody was just kind of wondering what they were supposed to be doing. But because of the the skill sets and enthusiasm, we kept growing. We turned around and created a much simpler execution plan, and now we're firing on all cylinders. Tell me about Execution Made Simple. Yeah, no, it's it, this is so great, Don. And I've never seen a company that enters into that growth phase in a sustainable way that doesn't become operationally excellent. And that's the path that we're on. We had a lot of people working very, very hard to grow this company mm-hmm. you know, during the startup phase. And you know, as we enter into the growth phase, you know, this is all about people not just working hard, but working smart. So we have a system now, and basically we call it Lean Daily Management, where we use the principles of the Lean Factory Floor, Six Sigma, call it right. whatever you want. But we've just simplified it so that everybody understands what their role is on the team and how we get work done together. And so every single department in our company is working off the same system. And we've created a common vocabulary so we've created understanding. We have reduced confusion. I mean, I, there's somebody out there who has a podcast who says, if you confuse, you lose. And I, I don't know who that is. But, you know, there has never been anything said that's more true than that. So yeah. we erase the confusion for folks that are driving in on Monday morning and want to have a terrific week. Well, everybody, Doug Kime has been a gift to me, and now he's a gift to you. You're going to hear a lot more from Doug Kime. We're very excited about the future that we've planned together. We will be creating that course on strategy, that course on execution, the course on sales. Uh, I'll be releasing the Great Communicator course at some point. We are creating tools that you need to actually grow your company. 
and we're creating tools to take coaches and turn them from cheerleaders into actual business coaches with practical tools that they can use. You know, I was in an airport once, Doug, I told you earlier, and I was sitting next to a gentleman. He looked like he could bench press 500 pounds, young man. And we started talking. It turns out he played for Nebraska. He played Nebraska football. It's like 15 years ago. Played under Coach Tom Osborne. And I said, tell me, what is the most like inspirational thing that Coach Osborne ever said? I don't know how many national championships he won with that team, but a lot of them. And the guy said, you got to be kidding me. Coach Osborne has never said an inspirational thing in his life. And I said, you're kidding. How do you guys win all those football games? And he said he would just drill, drill, drill. He would teach us a form and drill that in. He said, Don, I feel like I could win a football game in my sleep. I mean, as soon as the quarterback says hut, my body just goes into motion, and I don't even know what's happening because Tom Osborne drilled, drilled, drilled. And I think what we get a lot of times when we hire a business coach is a cheerleader who doesn't drill anything. They're just saying, look, go out there and beat that other team, try to score more points, and it doesn't work. No. We actually need forms that we use, frameworks, and drill, and then the process has become so automated that your company just grows and your personal career just grows by nature of understanding what you should be doing next and having it drilled into you. Well, when you listen to some of the most successful coaches of our generation, you know, Coach Belichick, Coach Saban. Right. These are not passionate. I mean, you know, of course they're driven. You know, they're intense individuals, but they are more excited and more committed to the process that they've installed than they are to They trust that process more than they trust their own gut and instinct. I mean, you have to have that sometimes. But they feel like they've failed if what they have to ignite is some unbelievable halftime speech. That is not what they do. You know, they are working on the process every single day and they believe there's no finish line. I think that's what we're installing in our company, Don. And I think it makes it, you know, a super fun place to work. There's no finish line. We get into the end zone. We hand the ball to the ref. We go back, get a drink and get back on the field (laughs) and keep playing. You just keep going. There's no finish line to what we can do and how much impact we can have on all these business owners that and leaders out in corporate America that trust us with their careers and with their money and with their livelihood. I mean, yeah. what a sacred bond we have with them. So I I got to tell you, I can't thank you enough for being my friend. I can't thank you enough for being my partner at work. And Well, know. I can't thank you enough for being my coach. <laughs> well, listen, if you are interested in either getting a coach or becoming a certified coach, we can't help you yet but we will be able to help you in October. How's that for a tease? (laughs) That said, if you want to be on our email list and you want to know about this, the best thing that you can actually do is go to businessmadesimpledaily.com. That's businessmadesimpledaily.com. That is a daily coaching video that I personally sent out. That is going to be completely retooled and reskinned. It is going to release again this summer, and then that tool is going to lead you to know where you can be certified as a coach. So right now, Just enjoy those videos, and we will take care of the rest. I will contact you late this summer and this fall, and I'll tell you about our new program. But go to businessmadesimpledaily.com. Doug, we'll be hearing a lot more from you in the near future, but thanks so much for your very first visit on the Building a Story Brand podcast. Uh, What a great day. Thanks, Don. That's pretty awesome, right? So great. Yeah, and you know, it's funny. You know, he's only been with us for four or five months now. And he has not hit me with a single pitch yet. (laughs) (laughs) The sign of a great coach. He's a great coach. He might. I heard the sales team, he has hit He has a few. He carries a pellet gun around. They deserve it, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That's part of what coaching is all about. 
But, you know, there are things that we just need to learn in each of these categories. And there are frameworks that we need to understand. And those frameworks actually save us energy. They save us time. They save us confusion. They save us that mental fog where we're wondering whether or not we have what it takes. All you need is a good coach. So I'm excited about our coaching program. Once again, just go to businessmadesimpledaily.com. Sign up now, and you'll be in a different sequence. We'll be sending you videos, but those videos are going to turn into announcements about this coaching program this summer and this fall, so don't miss that. JJ, another great episode of so the fun. Building a Story Brand podcast. Thanks, Doug. Appreciate you being on, Doug. Music from this episode is by Andrew Bell. You can listen to Andrew's music on Apple Music or Spotify. Thanks, as always, for listening to the Building a Story Brand podcast, where we believe if you confuse, you'll lose. Noise is the enemy, and creating a clear message is the best way to grow your business.